Blog Talk Radio. Oh my God, it was, 
such a it was so good. I had fun. I was like, you know what? I could do this casting thing. <laughs> it was really good. So I had a great time. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. And afterwards, I felt so good because uh, the my uh, teacher who's head of the program, he's like, I just wanted to tell you great insight into the actors and acting into the casting. Thank you so much. You you were great. I was like, oh yeah. I felt really good because I could feel, you know, when you're doing something really good, I was like, I could feel it. I was like, yeah, I got this. (laughs) So I had a great time. It was fun. So, yeah, so I'm learning a lot, and I'm getting closer and closer (laughs) to my degree. That's all I can say. (laughs) The countdown is on, okay? Oh, my gosh. And the countdown is also on (laughs) for, what do I mention every week? Oh my God! My girlfriend was like, "It's my girlfriend was like, okay, how many weeks do we have before uh, the night tour?" I'm like, "Like a week, <laughs> a week and some change." <laughs> I am so excited! The night tour is coming, right? Oh my God! It's gonna be. It's kicking off in Dallas. It's uh, Anthony Hamilton, Joe, and Maxwell. Oh my God! I cannot wait. I am really psyched. Me and my girlfriend, one of the girlfriend, my girlfriends is going, she's really psyched about it now. She's like, okay, I'm happy. Cause I don't think she's ever seen Anthony Hamilton in Joe before. I don't think so. So she's excited about that. She's seen Maxwell, but she has to see Anthony Hamilton in Joe. So she's really excited. And my other friends is like, tell us how it is. <laughs> so we can decide if we're going to ever, if we're going to go to another show. But it's, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know what? I always expect the first show's. Okay, like that's why I always plan to go to two. Like I'm going to a second one. I've already planned, got my plans for a second one. I'm going to another one and another. Second. I'm a big y'all know y'all y'all know y'all know it's Maxwell, okay? So I'm going to a, like a second one in another city, and I'm really geek for it because it's a a place like this is a place I have not been for a while. So I'm excited to be to go hang out, and I get to hang out with some family. So it's going to be really fun. So I'm excited to. uh Go to that one. So I think I'll get the like the just of how the tour is. The second, you know, I always figure the first shows have some hiccups, right? You know what I'm saying, or some little things here and there. So I, you know, I don't expect the first show to be perfect, but by the time I see the second show, I think it should be good. Okay, God bless. But however, if you guys weren't watching this week, I mean, Maxwell was everywhere. He was doing interviews. He was singing. I'm in the zone. <laughs> Down, was it turn down the shade? Let's drink lemonade. <laughs> I keep talking about that song, it's hilarious to me. Well, anyway, so yeah, he was like everywhere singing that song, so it was kind of cool to see, hear some of the interviews and stuff like that. Y'all know how psyched I be, so yeah, that was cool. I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, so that was some of my week. I got to see, you know, got to see Maxwell and all the little different things. I think he's on Good Morning America. He was also on Stephen Colbert. I forget little stuff. It just like it seems like he was a lot around this week. <laughs> and he also had some new shades out just in time for the night tour. You better sell those shades on the night tour. <laughs> well, you know what? The shades are for a good cause. So they help send. You know, they help send kids with you know kids who went to school for for uh, for optometry to uh, to. Um, Helps them get scholarships and everything. That's all nice and good, but Maxwell, you're a singer, a musician. <laughs> K 
can we get some uh, theater and some music scholarships out here? <laughs> but it's cool. That's a cool thing. So it's a. I think he's. They have announced a new another new pair of shades. I mean, their shades is high. I'm t- I, I not already told y'all. They like three seventy five a pop. <laughs> now there is some really cute ones with the red. I said, God, I might have to get them. I may. But you know what? I, it's one thing I don't like. Sometimes unisex men shades. Sometimes, not all the time. But when they have those thin, uh, uh, thin frames, they tend to look more masculine to me. So I, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to decide. Do I really want a pair of shades? Now I should get a pair because you know I'm a huge Maxwell fan, so I should have one just for you know keepsake. But they're too expensive for keepsake. <laughs> So I'm trying to decide if that is something, if I want to donate to kids. Uh, I doctor, when I need scholarships, something this joint. Shit, I'm gonna need a scholarship for this this semester in it. <laughs> School is high as hell. Inflation. Like I looked at my bill for for school. <laughs> I was like, we're serious. Are we serious? <laughs> I mean, it done went up. School. School is hot. I need a scholarship, and I need what's that man's name? Robert. What's his name? What's the man's name? Robert Southern come through and pay my student loans like he paid Morehouse and Spell. Was it Morehouse? No, Morehouse. Can you come through and pay some student loans over here at UTA? <laughs> I so need it. Hell, I really do. All right, so yeah, so I don't know if I be contributing to anybody else's scholarship. I need a damn scholarship fund. Shit. <laughs> All right, so you guys, man, okay, so I got to watch this week The Force. This is, what's this, the third episode of The Force? The third episode? Okay, so my thoughts on The Force. Courtney Kemp's crew of writers are always slow the first season. I remember watching Power book Ghosts and going, Okay, let's come. Let's come, come on, come on with it, come on with it. And by the mid season, it got really good. You know, Courtney Kemp loves to set up her characters. Okay, even though I feel like in Chicago, these characters are a little bit more extravagant than New York in, in certain ways. I feel like there's promise for uh, for the force. But this is what I will say. Why I feel there's promise for the force, like I really am liking it. I'm starting to get the storylines. I'm tr- I'm starting to get what Tommy is going to do. But I had this awesome thought about the force and what they need to do. The beef between Tommy and Tasha. Tommy needs Tasha in the force. Seriously. Tommy needs her because Tommy and Tasha had such a great dynamic together. Even when they all weren't getting along with Ghost, Tommy and Tasha, Tommy could come to Tasha and get advice and stuff. Because we know Tasha was a little bit the brains behind uh, that. Okay, the the brains behind, you know, them empower a little bit. You know, she was an accountant. She was cleaning the money and everything like that. Tasha was very smart. So I would like to see Tommy needs some characters from Ghost Power. I mean Power Power. He does. He really does. 
so and there's already one character there from Power. But I would love to see Tasha cross over into this realm with him. I would love to see Tommy and Tasha put the beef aside about Keisha, Tommy taking an understanding, letting the healing go, whatever happened, and Tommy and Tasha coming together in terms of helping him take over New York. I mean, helping him take over Chicago. And it starts to cross. That starts to cross in turn with power power ghost. Okay. I think the character they need, one of the main character they need over there, Tommy's mama, I know it's going to show up, but I would love to see Tasha and 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 uh, Tommy put the hatchet to their their, you know, they the, whatever the situation, the anger about Lala, I mean about Keisha, and become together again because he needs the brains of Tasha. With the, and he needs some people from power to make it feel a little bit more homey, because I think the people from power are. I mean, you might be looking at this at force, and it may be a little dull. You know, I, <laughs> it's more cross cultural now, right? Uh, I really feel they need Tasha there. That's that's and that Tasha goes between. Power. Uh, uh, she goes between Tommy's world and Tyreek's world. I would love in her own world, like times when she's not or in either body's world. But there's times when she's there with helping Tommy, and then there's times when she goes back to Tyreek's world, and there's times when those worlds intersect. I would love to see that. I think Tommy's going to need the help, and the reason why I think Tommy's going to need the help is because we're so used to seeing Tommy. With all these black characters, even though he has a, some, a lot of black characters surrounding him on, on, on the force, but the force is a little bit more. Um, I mean, not that 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 power wasn't diverse, but the force is what is like. I, I feel like they're trying to get more, probably more uh, viewers of different races in, and even though they probably do have that in power, but even more so. And so I feel like in order to keep the main audience's attention, you have to make Tasha this cross character. I feel like there needs to be one cross character between Power Book, between Power 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 Book Ghost and Power Book The Force. And that one character should be Tasha. And it should be some other characters there with Tommy from the old crew. But main person that crosses over between those two worlds is Tasha. I would love to see that. I think that would be very interesting, right? Oh, God, I think that would be so good. I do. Writers, I hope you hear me. <laughs> oh, my God, what else, man? Um, do I have an it's a word for y'all this week? No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I was thinking of one. Before I came on, I couldn't think of one. The only thing I was just thinking about how my week, like what did I learn this week, and it wasn't really a it's a word moment. I don't know. It may have been for me. I don't know, but I, you know, I'm a fixed sign. I'm a Scorpio <laughs> with a Leo ascendant, right? In my vision of things, it's pretty stubborn, right? And 
I am also I have a Libra stellium, which I'm an air sign, kind of my air sign Scorpio. So I could sometimes I can be real free spirited too. I can be real stubborn, but yet real free free spirited. I can go back and forth. But a lot of times my scorpion nature is very I I'm, I get very shy, and so sometimes I don't. I, in the past, especially when I was younger, I didn't sometimes. I didn't sometimes push myself in a way I needed to be pushed because I was very, you know, like, oh, docile and shy and stuff. But what I have learned about myself the last couple of years that I, I there has been tremendous growth in uh, doing things that are uncomfortable for you, or just, and I've been talking about that on this show too, or doing things outside of your normal activity, like you know, normally. You know, I grew up studying theater and acting wise, but now I've been doing scenic design. I've been doing learning about light design and everything like that, and so it's so fun. And here's the thing, you know, sometimes you can be in a spot like this week. Sometimes I felt like I was in a spot where sometimes I felt like the old lady in the room because I'm I'm probably the oldest one in my class, <laughs> and so sometimes I was like. You know, what do I bring? But then I had to realize, uh-uh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you, God, like, you bring something to the table, and you, you have to sometimes show that no matter what, you learn you learn from them, they learn from you. And so I had to I have to learn to be, I'm learning to be comfortable where I'm un, being uncomfortable. And so that is, uh, I guess that's, that's kind of what my lesson was this week, a little bit of that, learning to be comfortable when I'm uncomfortable. And another thing, this isn't a lesson, but just seeing the sheer talent of so many young people, I'm I'm encouraged. (laughs) Because when I listen to the radio and when I see some of these fools in the celebrity world, which we can already talk about in a minute, I'm discouraged. (laughs) But when I see some of these kids, like, just who are studying theater for the love of theater or who's studying, uh, you know, uh, how to build a set or who are studying, uh, like, uh, uh, dance and all these things. I'm so like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm so like, yes, the arts, there is, there is hope for the future for the arts. Like, they, they are some fabulous kids who are, like, you know, you, you feel like are coming forward and who respect the past and the, and 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 are moving towards the future. So I love that energy. So that's one thing. That's a little bit about how my week's go, going. I don't know if that's a it's a word moment, but that's a little bit of what I, I felt uh, uh, this week, a little bit of my learning experience, okay? So that means tonight we're going to get quicker into hot topics because it's not a it's a word tonight. Oh, my God, we got so much to talk about. We got to talk about Russia. And the Ukraine, I don't know what they're going to do out in these streets. But I know this. I done told them, they, hey, listen here, ain't Russia, Russia ain't, Russia is not one they fuck with, okay? They, they get, you know, so it's 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 a kind of a messy situation. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about Gisseline, Gisseline, Gis, what's that girl's name? Gisseline, Gisseline, shit. Gisseline, I think, Maxwell. Family scared because another Epstein associate turned up dead this week. Now, I don't believe her ass got nothing to be scared of because you, if they, obviously, it's obvious to me that that either, that Gisseline 
is uh, operative that they put up here so they can just have somebody go to court. Remember we talked about here, somebody go to court and somebody take some of the guilt. But this man that they just recently caught and he committed suicide, now nah, he knows some real shit, and I doubt if he committed suicide too. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on the show. And the black voters are fleeing the Democrats in droves. Are we su- in droves? Are we su- are we surprised? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And it's old music killing new music. I'm not surprised by that e- either. That is not a surprise to me because most of the younger people I know like old school. That's just facts. I don't say, you know. And you know, here's the interesting thing. I learned this last year when I was in. Uh, when I was when I was in a particular class, and the, a lot of you know the popular artists that I'm thinking like are so popular, like these kids were telling me about people I had never heard of before. They were like they they weren't talking about Taylor Swift's ass. They weren't talking about Beyonce's ass. They weren't <laughs> like a, like like Adele's ass. I mean, they like Adele, but they weren't talking about. They were talking about like I mean, really people who I was actually surprised like. Very artistic. I mean, it gives me a little bit of hope. Artistic type, more music, more uh, jazz things. I was actually surprised. I mean, and this is not the millennials. This is the what is it, the Z's? I think they would be the Zen, I forget what they call the one under millennials. But it's it's intriguing to say the least that the that the popular artists is really they weren't really just didn't seem to be that interesting in. So. I'm wondering. I can't. It's going to be interesting to see what, how music reflects. Uh, music looks in the next fifteen to twenty years, and how that's going to go. So we got a lot to talk about on the CC show tonight. So when I get back, we'll get into all of that. Meanwhile, what are we going to play? Y'all be knowing it's messy on this show. Okay, let me put this. <laughs> I'm trying to find y'all. Okay. All right, so meanwhile, we'll play a little bit. Uh, let's see, what do we got here? I don't know. What was I going to play? Okay, let's start off with Janet Jackson, If It Takes All Night. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, all right? Late night, y'all. The car 
Thank you. 
Hamilton with So In Love. It's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I'm Carlotta. Up with you guys a late night. Give me all late night show. We get ready to get into these hot topics out here in these streets real quick. Okay, so this week we're still dealing with the Ukraine versus uh, versus Russia thing. And while some people think war is imminent, imminent between these two, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, next, interesting next few uh, months, okay? To see, I mean, well, not even a few months, few weeks, okay? So uh, let's talk about it. Let me pull up here this article, and this article is from. Oh, okay. Okay, this article is from MSN. Uh, .com. It's uh, Ukraine, Russia latest news, Biden and Putin agree in principle to summit, says Mac- Macron's office, okay? It says Elysee Palace, LC, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Palace, says the leaders of Russia and U.S. have agreed to the idea of a summit to discuss security and strategic stability in Europe. Russian forces are creating lists of identified Lists of identified Ukrainians to be killed or sent to camps in the event of an invasion, according to a letter sent by the U.S. to the U.N. Human Rights Chief, Michelle Bachelet, the Washington Post, has reported. The undated letter uh, cites Russia's conduct, conduct in parts of Ukraine. It's already, it already occupies and says recent uh, information suggests further abuses are being planned, which have previously included targeted killings, kidnappings, forced disappearances, unjust detentions, and the use of torture. The message from the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Sheba Crocker, warns that Russian invasion of Ukraine would create a human rights catastrophe with credible information that Russia forces were also likely to use lethal measures to disperse peaceful protests or otherwise counter peaceful exercise of perceived resistance from civilian populations. Um... The French President Emmanuel Macron has invited Vladimir Putin and Joe Biden to attend a summit aimed at de-escalating the Ukraine crisis, and the leaders have agreed in principle amid further U.S. warnings that war is imminent. The proposal for the summit, which will proceed only if Russia does not invade Ukraine, followed a flurry of phone calls by Macron made in an attempt to de-escalate tensions, including uh, with Boris Johnson, Biden, and two calls with Putin. Um, the U.S. administration signaled its willingness to work towards a diplomatic solution, but has reiterated, re- 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 I can't talk today. <laughs> oh, my God. Reiterated. I can't know why I can't say that word tonight. <laughs> it's a view that Russian forces have been ordered to proceed with an invasion of Ukraine. In a statement, White House Press Secretary Gene Psaki said, we are always ready for diplomacy. We are also ready to impose swift and severe consequences should Russia instead choose war. And currently, Russia appears to be continuing preparations for a full-scale assault on the Ukraine very soon. Meanwhile, the U.S. claims Russia forces are creating lists of, we we already talked about that. Okay, so, you know, this is getting very scary, and we know has that, the more and more has this intensified, the more and more, even though the United States are saying in certain ways they won't be involved, but we know uh, that they, they are going to probably be involved more if this escalates, there could be a possibility of, 
the United States becoming more and more involved in this huge mess between Russia and the Ukraine, and it could get even messier. And see, you know, here's the thing, you know, Russia ain't like the other people. You know, you can talk a bunch of shit to. You know? <laughs> like you talk a bunch of shit to Iran. Even though Iran got uh, nukes and stuff, they they but they ain't they ain't bossing up like that against the United States. But Russia, they about that life. Now they wasn't about that life when 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 uh, when uh, Donald Trump was in. I, that's why, you know, listen, I like Donald Trump. I'm going to say the truth. I, mean, I know people, I didn't like Donald Trump personally, how he would behave, but I like Donald Trump for the world stage and how he set up in terms of, uh, I didn't agree with all Donald Trump's politics, but I do believe, and this is my, my I, I look at long game. And I know a lot of people, sometimes people don't look at long game. And, you know, they say, oh, you're a Republican. I'm, I'm, I'm neither. But what I will say is this, especially for black folks, globalism for black people at this point, even though globalism is going to happen, but for black people at this point, globalist agendas in the United States, for black Americans particularly, makes our fight very hard, makes our fight for reparations very hard, from the units getting reparations from the United States government. It also we also have to look at our people because our people are unprepared to uh in my personal opinion, are unprepared to um how can I say this? To compete globally in the United States for work. So there is for me, an incentive right now to see a president who has more nationalist ideas in office. I see Donald Trump as that. I see Donald Trump as a long game. And, that's you know, they don't like Donald because of that. They've really been off because, you know, these powers that be want to see a world with no borders, a world where more of a world for consumers for them. They try to say, oh, it's for the good. We want to reset what is it that they were saying at uh, um, uh, Davos, uh, uh, the Great Reset, <laughs> and all this BS, you know what I'm saying? But it's really the Great Reset for they, on their behalf, you know what I'm saying? So it for so for the powers that be, for a lot of the powers that be, uh, the breaking down borders and, and stuff like that, uh, and the United States, they kind of it kind of stands in the way of a globalist agenda, okay? So, especially the current way we are right now, the elites don't like it. So, uh, the elites love coronavirus because it was able to bring in, they were able to bring in all kinds of uh, uh, rules and regulations uh, that limited our freedoms. And this is the kind of world these, these people want. So, and Donald Trump, I felt, stood against all of that shit. Maybe he wasn't that likable in terms of race relations and stuff like that, but it will see when I think of us we we living in this bitch, so we gotta we gotta at first we gotta we gotta protect this at all costs so we can be able to fight in it and Donald Trump did have people on the world stage in check he had china in check <laughs> he he had he had Putin in check they we and we finding out more and more that that was that russia stuff was a lie. 
So, you know, it, I mean, and that was all because they want that, – and they're trying to get to stop Trump from running now because Trump – Trump will – Trump becoming president will change again. Trump will change the United States out of out of a globalist uh, agenda. He will he, he will probably be more a little bit more isolating. Uh, not that he wouldn't do there wouldn't be some form of globalism going under under on under Donald Trump if they don't change him within these next few years. But you will see more of a nationalist agenda, Americans and citizens first, which I think is very important. And even if they, you know, they're trying to not come at black people, the very the whole thing to me is that when we put America first, black people are able to fight in the context of that. When we when we talk about globalism, our fight seems so, seems an uphill battle if globalism comes into play and our borders are open and there is, a, <laughs> there is you know, there is uh, no immigration laws and stuff like that. That will hurt African Americans, I believe, in a tremendous number of ways. That's just my personal opinion. And so Donald Trump, to me, was great for the long run. I didn't agree with all his politics. I didn't agree with everything he said. I didn't agree with everything he did. But I didn't agree with everything Barack Obama did. As a matter of fact, I thought Barack Obama was terrible. So, you know, it, I mean, we shall see. We shall see. But I feel like the world is now in a very uh, shaky place. Joe Biden is a, a, a very shaky character at president. Okay? So it will be interesting to see how this goes, and we'll just keep uh, keep up with this in the following weeks. Uh, Gisalay Maxwell's family fears for her safety after Brunel found dead. This is according to FoxNews.com. It says, um, uh, it says here, the family of Gisaline Maxwell says they fear for her safety after model agent Jean-Luc Brunel was found hanged in, <laughs> in his Paris prison cell on Saturday. Maxwell, who was convicted last year of sex trafficking, allegedly introduced Brunel to billionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, who was found hanging in his uh, Manhattan lockup in August 2019. It's really shocking, Eon Maxwell, one of Gisseling's siblings, told the Post. Another death by hanging in a high-security prison. And, you know, that's their favorite thing. Can I say that? You killers, you you uh, assassins, y'all favorite thing is hanging. <laughs> Take little the fuck out of hanging. Y'all got to get, y'all got to mix it up. <laughs> is hanging just easy? It's just like this. If you know if they if they've been involved in government shit and they hanging, you know they didn't do it. <laughs> in my personal opinion. All right, so but it says uh, it's really shocking. Uh, my reaction is one of total uh, shock and bewilderment. In an interview from his home in London, Maxwell, Maxwell said the family fears for her safety at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, where she is being held. Following her December 29th conviction on sexual abuse charges, Maxwell was put into a room at the prison with a psychiatrist and two others, including a guard, with everything recorded on camera, her brother said. Despite the psychiatrist advising to the contrary, she was deemed a suicide uh, risk, and they are continuing 
continuing to wake her up every 15 minutes in the night. It's a complete violation of prisoner rights and human rights, Eon Maxwell said. Maxwell insisted his younger sister is not suicidal and said that it, it was ironic that Epstein and Brunel, who died of apparent suicides, were not on suicide watches in their respectful, respective prisons. Now, wait a minute now. You see they setting her little ass up. and that, that is, What they talking about, She he, her brother, saying she ain't suicidal, but this psychiatrist, mm-hmm, side-eye to the psychiatrist, saying she's suicidal. So if her ass get dinner, you know, she get out of line and her, you know, she end up hanging. You know, she was suicidal. This is some bullshit. Ooh, it must be some big-ass people in that. Ooh, all dresses new. Jeffrey, we ain't even seeing a look. We ain't even seeing a piece. This and this Gene Luke, this this Gene whatever this dude who just got hung, he knew more. That's why he got. That's why she's still alive. He ain't. Some way he gets means uh, cooperating or something. Maxine insisted his younger sister is not suicidal. I don't know if she really knows much. It, it, it makes me question what she does know. But it says last month, a month, Gisseline Maxwell, 60, officially requested a uh, retrial after a jury in the case told the media that he used his own experience of being sexually abused, which is wrong, in order to influence the peers on the jury to reach a guilty verdict. Brunel, who ran Karen uh, Models in Paris, mm, now y'all hear what I said? Hear what he ran? Can I read that again? Brunel, who ran Corinne Models in Paris and later formed MC2 Model Management with Epstein, was charged with securing girls and young women for Epstein. Mm-hmm. I told y'all that model business, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Okay, and it was some models, big names, that was on them planes, allegedly constantly named on them planes. Next. Sidebar. I'm going to talk a little shit. Sidebar. I ain't saying this is real. But crazy days and nights. You know, some people believe see Dan, some people don't, okay? One of my fun little blind eyed places to go. They, see, Dan's not as popular as it used to be, I don't think. I don't know if it is or not. For me, I still like it, okay? But years ago, they talked about this one model. <laughs> and how she was like, you know, to this particular this particular person, I guess, was trying to take her home or something for the night or whatever. And this model ran down her, her charges. She said right before he was about to take her home, she's like, that would be $30,000 for, I don't know if it's true or not, but she was like, that would be $30,000 for the weekend, three hundred five fifty thousand for the month. <laughs> Allegedly, okay. And when they... And he solved the blind item and said who it was, too. I ain't going to say who it was on here. Y'all got to go to their site and just look it up, okay? He he tells he tells all these tragic blind item stories about different people. But I'll just say this. He said that this person, let me just say this. This person was who she offered this to allegedly was a music person, okay? So, now, listen, here's my thing. This person allegedly was one of the people on Epstein's allegedly, I'm not saying on Epstein's plane all the damn time. So this shit go real fucking deep. It ain't just, it's probably show business, it's probably politicians, world leaders, oh, my God, what the fuck was they doing? What the, what the 
fuck did Jeffrey Epstein have on people? <laughs> it's wicked. This man was running a modeling agency. And not even to mention that Jeffrey Epstein was, like, doing financials for a man who ran, like, allegedly ran a bunch of teenage boutique, I mean, uh, real popular world a wide uh, stores that were that attract teens and stuff. Hey, look it up, look it up, look it up. So they had they pickings to get motherfuckers. Let me tell you, the media is playing down who Jeffrey Epstein really is. They ain't really talking up Jeffrey Epstein's case. I ain't gonna talk it up either because I'm gonna nobody coming up trying try to dismiss me. I ain't all. I'm just saying. I'm saying what the news media is saying. But I know y'all motherfuckers. It's a whole bunch of other people probably involved in that shit. Okay, that this shit's deep. Okay, I don't know if Gisselaine really know anything. I don't know if Gisselaine is not just a foul person, cause, uh, cause it's funny when I heard this dude had been hang guy was hanging this week and he was involved with just CFC. I was like, well, they ain't got Gisselaine's ass yet. So, it, so it it made me think I was right in thinking she was a red herring, cause I think I still believe that on the streets. That's just quite a lot of one on one. But this mofo, they just caught. He wasn't no red herring, and I don't believe he killed himself either. But it says, French prison authorities told local media that no breach in security at the prison had occurred. Mm-hmm. And an investigation into the cause of death had been launched. Sure. <laughs> Listen, all I will say out in these streets, if Gisselaine knew anything, she should be talking. But or she's either she was an operative in other ways. She is, to me, she is... She is not something that somebody who is a real threat to the political structures coming down. That dude that you found hanging was a real threat, and he owns a modeling agency, which I find very odd because, like I told you, one of the, the, the one of the names is a name of a model who was constantly fucking coming up as being on that plane, and Sedan had a story about her ass. Offering, saying, you know, get like kind of basically selling her services. So I'm not sure if the shit's real, and I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just telling y'all, I'm just reporting y'all what's out here in these streets, okay? That shit go deep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you even seeing the real girls. Like I think that people who, like I said, I told you they throwing Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew probably know his ass getting thrown under the bus. You know, he probably expecting. He probably taking the dagger for the other elite. But it's some real, it's, it's some stuff, it's some people that we don't even know. It's people, ooh, I ain't, I'm going to stop. <laughs> it's a mess over there, okay? Y'all ain't going to never find out. Y'all ain't going to never find out. That's all I got to say, okay? All right, so in other news, too, this is an interesting story I saw this week. Let me see, do I have time before, to go into the story before a break? you have time? I think I got a little time. Okay. Now, this story is from the Atlantic. It says, is old music killing new music? So old songs now represent 70% of the U.S. music market. Even worse, the new music market is actually shrinking. Okay, it says, uh, old songs now represent... 70% of the U.S. music market, according to the latest numbers from MRC uh, data and music analytics, analytics firm, those who make a living from new music, especially the endangered species known as working musician, should look at these figures with fear and trembling. But the news gets worse. The new music market is actually shrinking. All the growth in the market is coming from old songs. 
the 200 most popular new tracks now regularly account for less than 5% of the total streams. The rate was twice as high as just three years ago. The mix of songs actually purchased by consumers is even more tilted toward older music. The current list of most downloaded rock tracks on iTunes is filled with names of bands from previous centuries such as Credence, Clearwater, Revival, and The Police. I encountered this phenomenon myself recently at a retail store. This is this writer from the Atlantic. He's saying where, where the youngster at the cash register was singing along with Sting on, on Message in a Bottle. A hit from 1979 has it blasted on the radio. A few days earlier, I had a similar experience at a local diner where the entire staff was under 30, but every son was more than 40 years old. I asked my server, why are you playing this old music? She looked at me in surprise before answering, oh, I like these songs. Never before in history have new tracks attained hit status while generating too little cultural impact. In fact, the audience seemed to be embracing the hits of the decades past instead. Success was always short-lived in the music business, but now even new songs that become bona fide hits can pass unnoticed by much of the population. Only songs released in the past 18 months get classified as new in the MRC database. So people can conceivably be listening to a lot of two-year-old songs rather than 60-year-old ones. But I doubt these old playlists consist of songs from a year before last. Even if they did, the fact would still represent a reputation of the pop culture industry, which is almost entirely focused on what's happening right now. Uh, and they're saying every week I hear from hundreds of published record labels, band managers, and other professionals who want to hype the newest new thing. Their livelihoods depend on it. The entire business model of the music industry is built on promoting new songs. As a music writer, I'm I'm expected to do the same. As radio stations, retailers, DJs, nightclub owners, editors, playlists, curator, curators, and everyone else with skin in the game. Yet all the evidence indicates that few listeners are paying attention. Consider the recent reaction when the Grammy Awards were postponed. Perhaps I should say lack of a reaction because the cultural response was little more than a yawn. I follow thousands of music professionals on social media, and I didn't encounter a single expression of annoyance or regret that the biggest annual event in new music had been put on hold. That's ominous. Okay, now let me stop here, and you should read this article in the Atlantic. Okay, very, it's very interesting, and it's facts that nobody cares. And I will tell you why these kids are liking newer music; they're getting more eclectic in their taste. I'm telling you, I'm going to school with these little motherfuckers. They are, they, they, especially the, the not the millennials, but the ones under the Z's or whatever the shit. They are becoming very eclectic. Artists like Maxwell and Sade and stuff like that, they are going to be so appreciated probably in about 20 to maybe about 10, even more so 20 years, 10, 15 years from now by the younger generation because they're a lot more eclectic in in their choices in music. Partly because my personal opinion is the Grammys and the, this, the, here's what happened. I really, here's my personal opinion. The Michael Jackson marketing uh, thing. Motherfuckers start using Michael Jackson marketing tools without good music. The music industry has been all about a bunch of fucking hype, hyping up motherfuckers who don't deserve it. I've talked about the motherfuckers who don't deserve hype. You know I said her name a thousand times on here. She's a Michael Jackson without the thriller. Yes, I'll take my Ramada in key right now. 
Beyonce, 28 Grammy Awards, are we fucking for real? That's why nobody wants to watch the Grammys. That's bullshit. She gets nominated in the wrong category all the time. They always nominating her in all the R&B categories when there are a number of real bona fide R&B singers that you have not heard of or who don't get as much publicity and stuff like that with great albums and don't get nominated. She is fucking pop. But the only way she can win is she gets nominated in the R&B category because she can't compete with her pop counterparts. I said it. Her music is okay. Okay? It's a few songs I like. I like Deja Vu. I like the B-Day album. I even like Four. Four was not. I like Four. Okay? But it went somewhere. It's been going south. Okay? It's been a lot of hype. This is part of the reason. A lot of these artists, the new artists and stuff, hype. It's, I almost believe, like I said, I almost believe there's a cult out here. Did you motherfuckers in the, is in the 666 movement, um, or the Masonic, what they say y'all in? <laughs> I got to call my mama up and ask her to do a tutorial <laughs> on all the stuff people say y'all in. Uh, y'all in some sort of a cult. Because only certain fractions make it, and it's certain groups, like they push Certain artists, when I see a slew of artists right now, great songs that have not been pushed, who could be the next, who could uh, dominate the music market the new for new music? But the reason that, you know, a lot of young people aren't buying it because they realize it's a lot of hype. <clears throat> they realize y'all hyping people that who's going to behave or who, who, who in the, wait a minute, what they in? When they throw up the little signs, I don't know, what the, what the little signs they be throwing up, hand signs and stuff, whatever little group y'all got going on out there. I don't know what the hell y'all got going on. If y'all out there doing seances or whatever, whatever the hell's going on, that's what people expect, that little crew. And people don't, people, people are discovering other artists, other places on their own because people don't got time for the bullshit to listen to y'all try to, to brainwash them into believing and brainwashing. Let me just say this: brainwashing in the music industry has always a little bit existed. Okay, you think they wasn't brainwashing during the Thriller days? They had payola back in those days, and uh, and you think that I don't think Thriller wasn't under some fucking payola? Hell yes, it couldn't have got big. That's my personal belief. It couldn't have got big like it was in my personal belief. If it wasn't, that's just call out a one on one. Okay. And, there, and, and and there's Paola today. It's just in a different way, okay? So, I mean, you know, and then they put their money behind the worst. It's almost like any artist that's going to be well-behaved and go in the direction you want them to do to, you know, even back in the day, artists were so much, they had, it, it was so much more diversity. The music was better. Their thoughts were better. But in today's age, to me, it's gotten more restrictive for the artists. If you're an artist and you have a certain train of thought, well, you will be cast aside from the outsiders and, I mean, to the outside world. I mean, it's just a strange phenomenon going on. And I think people are seeing that it's the bullshit being pushed. And so people are, like, you know, doing their own thing musically. And old school represents a different time of more of music that was diverse. More, not, I'm not saying there wasn't no bullshit going on in. It just wasn't as much bullshit, okay? So you had very talented artists with very 
different with different types of sounds and music. Like I said, when I was growing up, we wasn't just a, it wasn't just Janet Jackson out here fucking dancing. You had Anita Baker, we had Tony uh, Braxton's, we had I mean we had Chardays. It, it, it was a, it was a diverse. You could go a number of places. Now all you little helpers is wearing leotards and naked. Don't nobody sing that stand up here and sing like Whitney Houston, but Adele. I mean, and it's almost if we see a person come out that's like a Whitney Houston, we might be bored because you motherfuckers done worn leotards so much. We like, huh? Somebody's got full clothes on. I mean, it's just a lot, and we're not seeing those artists anymore. We're seeing a bunch of Beyonces and Rihannas. Now her was different, but she's a little Alicia Keys Jr. But she was different. Okay, so you know I would. It is what it is. I'm not surprised, okay? I'm not surprised because I see these kids every day. They don't even talk about the new artists. I hardly ever see them say anything about the new artists. They even talk about old artists. (laughs) Are they talking about eclectic stuff? I couldn't believe it. They ain't talking about you bozos like Beyonce and all them. They just not. Only certain groups of people. and It's just overly hyped. I, I will say that. And so this article from the Atlantic is very interesting. It really uh, uh, speaks to that, and that's it's just facts on that. I, I'm not surprised at all. So it's a uh, it's an article in the Atlantic. It's uh, the read the rest of the article is this old music killing new music. Very interesting article. Okay, and you can go to the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. Scroll scroll down, and you should see the article. I posted a link up there for you guys to uh, see. <clears throat> now, what are we going to talk about? Black voters, okay, hopefully we can get this in before the break. Black voters are fleeing uh, Biden in droves. Are we surprised? We told y'all. We told y'all. I told y'all. What's that little mean where that little girl said, I told y'all in words. I told y'all. I told y'all, Negroes. <laughs> I told you. I told you. <laughs> This is from the Hill. Black voters are fleeing Biden in droves. Here's why. Black voters are fleeing President Biden in droves, and it's hard to see a scenario under which they come back anytime soon. President Biden's poll numbers have been stunningly bad lately. The most recent poll, CNN poll, has him at 58% disapproval, 41% approval. In December, December, Biden was at 49% approval, in the same poll, and among those who disapprove of his performances, 56% said the president didn't accomplish anything in the first year of which they of which they approved. To be fair, President Trump's poll numbers by a special counsel's investigation into possible Russia conclusion of 2016 election, which ultimately led nowhere. Trump, uh, uh, they said well, Trump's uh, poll numbers. Okay, Trump's base who those who strongly supported him was infinitely stronger and more reliable than Biden's current base, which at just 15% strongly approving ain't much of a base at all. Meanwhile, a majority of the Democrats don't even want Joe Biden to run again in 2024, with just 48% supporting the idea this is unheard of just after one year. Two more big numbers to consider. Less than 7 in 10 black voters, 69% support the 46th president. This is significant because more than 9 in 10 black voters, 92% voted for him in 2020. 
So we are talking about an almost 25-point drop in relatively, and I think it's more than that, relatively short period of time. Inflation obviously is playing a huge role here, with the Wall Street Journal estimating that the high price of goods is costing the families an, uh, an extra $276 per month and an additional $3,300 or so annually. Many poor and middle-income families and single parents and individuals simply cannot afford, afford that while living paycheck to paycheck. It bears repeating, Joe Biden won the Democratic nomination for the president because he wasn't Senator Bernie Sanders and won the general election because he wasn't Donald Trump. But his handlers thought he had a big mandate to be the next FDR to radically change the country by expanding government in ways never seen before. Trillions in new spending have already been signed into laws. Trillions more were proposed via Build Back Better, which the administration arguing that such spending would reduce inflation and the deficit would make zero sense. Okay, Sensible Americans, including two key members of Biden's own party, Senator Joe Manchin and Kristen Seaman, a rejected radical proposal. Uh, ultimately, okay. Ultimately, many voters, some suffering from Trump fatigue that came from nonstop drama in the White House, just wanted to return to normalcy and not to jump into a socialist America. And now we're seeing an administration like a rudderless ship at sea, seemingly with no pot. I don't think he has lived up to a lot of campaign promises that he made, especially given uh, the role of black voters in helping him to become the president of the United States. Nekima uh, Levi Armstrong, a civil rights attorney and activist who is also a former president of the Minnesota chapter of NAACP, said recently, We pointed out the issues related to mass incarceration, to economic inequality, of course, and to, and, to, and to what it is in the news now with the push of advanced voting rights, Armstrong guided. I feel like Biden is basically doing the bare minimum in terms of being attentive to the needs of issues facing the black community. Okay, let me stop right here. Because I, here's what black people need to realize. All the people that you have considered your leadership, that we have considered our leaders over the last several years, we need to dump all of them. They should be shunned in the community. Anyone who is being a democratic operative in the last five years should be shunned. I say 15, but really in the last five. Because what they did is they went out, Joe Biden was telling them on phone calls he wasn't going to do shit before he even became president. He was telling them. Joe Biden didn't, 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 he told me. And yet they still came out here. All these celebrities, all these uh, uh, black elites, all these black uh, 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 so-called leaders in the community came out here and told you to vote for Joe Biden in spite of him not doing shit. Stacey Abrams, you guys should not vote her in in Georgia. You should make her pay for promoting Biden. Make them pay. Make them pay. Because that's the only way we're going to solve this shit as black people. we got to start punking it. we got to start letting them know you can't do this. You can't. You can't say to us, Give us somebody they put our all behind, and they don't do shit. They told you beforehand when they before they came president. Remember, he had that cell phone call that people was taping, and he told them, "You all had to prepare up with the Hispanics or something, cause y'all gonna be a minority." Remember all that stuff he was telling you, and none of the leaders spoke up on him. 
they I was like, go, go vote, go vote. So them motherfuckers in come to come when Stacey Abrams run, run her ass back out of Georgia. Y'all should be like, nope, let the let, let her because she gonna push. She pro she was the main one pushing it. Why should she be governor of Georgia when she pushed the failure? And one who looked over her for vice VP. He looked over her motherfucking ass for VP. Said she wasn't qualified enough, but he got this bimbo up here, uh, Kamala Harris. It seemed like she lost every time she get on the screen. She looked like she don't know what the hell's going on. So, well, see, you know, no, we got to stop the madness as black people. And I hopefully we remember everyone. We take names and we don't listen to them anymore. There is a whole crop of people coming up, even if they disagree with each other. There are people like Yvette Cornell. There's all kinds of people. You, even the more radical voices like Tariq Nasheed and different people. Different people. Uh, so many different people. What's the girl? Uh, uh, I forget her name. It starts with a V. Uh, she talks a lot on uh, uh, voice walking. There are so many different voices politically that on the on the uh, in Black America who are at the grassroots level right now. Antonio Moore, Antonio Moore is so many people that that can have better discussions than the current crop of people like the Angela Rise and all them people that we saw up there promoting to us failures. We got to quit listening to them. They have nothing to say. I don't agree with Antonio and Yvette all the way, but I like some of the things they say. And I like some things, there are even some black people who are on the conservative side who got some things to say. So we need to just kind of take a reset. Because it ain't nothing that Joe Biden didn't tell us he wasn't going to do. He said he was going to do this. He said he wasn't going to do much. But yet y'all went out there and voted for his ass. He got to get rid of Trump. He got to get rid of buying, that old, buying a bunch of narrative. Ugh. It was just ridiculous. And you don't know, so like, especially, I, it scares me when I hear black people listening to celebrities because celebrities are, so I will say this over and over again, not all celebrities, but most of them, they only care about staying on top, staying in their circles. They don't give a shit about what goes on in these hoods, what goes on in these communities and stuff like that. Motherfuckers, they be telling you to go out here, yeah, you know, just as long as we, you know, Trump was a real trip. Why was he a trip? Well, you tell me why he was a trip. They can't even expand on it. They're just crazy. They just want you, they just going with the narrative that's popular so they won't be ounced by, ounced by their handlers. You can't trust people like that. You got to get people out here politically who are on the ground, who are seeing things and saying, hey, this is what we need as a community. Look, people like Ice Cube, I say, yeah, dude put his whole thing on the line to speak up. Ice Cube was the one of the few celebrities who said, hold up, we ain't just going to throw our vote out there to anybody. And y'all got mad at his ass. Now y'all seeing Ice Cube might be smart as fuck. Might let me hold up. Because Ice Cube was the one that came and said, "Hey, y'all need you need an agenda. We need an agenda from you." He was and and, and he was the only one talk, trying to talk to both parties about an agenda. And y'all got mad, dumbasses. So it's not surprising that we getting ready to see see some horrible times because we picked a president out of some bullshit, some celebrities instead, or out of some bullshit, some Democratic operatives that have been out here telling us. This is sad. So, yes, I'm glad we're leaving in droves, but hopefully we've learned our lesson. Okay? My goodness. 
<sighs> when I come back, what are we going to talk about? Oh, we got to talk about this tender swindler. Lord have mercy. Now this man want to go Hollywood. We got to talk about his ass, okay? And we talked about Wendy Williams this week. She was out talking and everything, and they are talking about canceling the Wendy show, okay, uh, by June, and Sherry Shepard taking over. Y'all already know how I feel about that. I've already said then we want to talk about Dusty Nick. Y'all know who I say Dusty Nick, who I'm talking about, Dusty Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon wants that old thing back. He wants Mariah. He gave a little cute little sad song out here about Mariah. This. I almost felt sorry for his ass. I was like, oh. Then I remember his ass just got somebody else pregnant. I was like, hell no. We got to talk about Nick. Nick is just Dusty, okay? Then we got to talk about how Mary J had to go on tour, allegedly, just to pay alimony to Ken Do Isaacs. That's a damn shame. Mm, mm, mm. This is a thick. That makes me hot. And it just don't make me hot from a Ken Do perspective. It just makes me hot the way Mary J. Brock has been done over the We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we get back. And we're going to talk about Cam Newton. Talking about his baby mama of four, the one of the reasons why he didn't marry her. And see, ladies, when I talk about this, when I talk about Cam Newton, I want y'all to use, I want y'all to hear, as a, I want y'all to hear a warning signal in this. Okay? Why you don't just give up your wounds to anybody? And we'll talk about that a whole lot more when I get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, let's listen to <laughs> what we gonna listen to. Uh, a lucky day, you are my love. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
I don't think you have to look no further. Because I'm right here. Tell me what kind of man would treat this woman so cold? <laughs> treat you like you're nothing when you're worth more than gold. <laughs> Girl, to me, you're like a diamond. I love the way you shine. A hundred million dollar treasure, I give the world to make you mine. On a beach of just black sand Out out in the rain We can do it all night I'll touch all the places he would not And from me never knew it gets you hot Nothing is forbidden when we
my favorites. I love that damn song. All the things a man wants. That that song right there. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. I light a thousand candles all around. Show me to the subway. I'll go down. Listen here. What? <laughs> I put a single pearl right in your hair, make love on the beach, and back, get back to you. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's a fire song. That song. <laughs> that's one of the best songs ever. When I first heard that song years ago, I was like, damn, what's that? It's just, it's just one of those. Damn, it's just like in that, like that bridge part. Oh my god, yeah, Joe, Joe's fire with that. All right, it's the CC show. I'm Carlotta. We are back. We're talking hot topics late at night, and she talk about. Let's talk about Wendy first, okay? So, oh, let me just say this ahead of time. I just heard this a little few hours ago. Kiki Wyatt. Child, she having her 11th child. <laughs> when they said beef food and melt supply, Kiki was like, okay, Lord. <laughs> this is like the third. This is the third. Is this one? This is like third husband. This is the husband seems like he's a, like she's keeping. This is a keeper for her. But this is her second baby with this husband. <laughs> Kiki ain't playing in these streets. <laughs> Congratulations to Kiki White, child eleven. Ooh, ooh, Kiki. But you know what? Kiki's a testament because Kiki, you see how she out, she she's still managing to do her career and have all them babies. Good shit. Y'all never say what you can't do. Kiki's ass is for real. Kiki, Kiki about that life. Eleven of them mugs. <laughs> She about to have a living. Damn, eleven number eleven. Shit, now Kiki, what's the cutoff? Shit. <laughs> Woo. Um, boy. All right, I'm continuing y'all know what I'm eating. That's a lot. Wow. Okay. Says Wendy Williams. Uh, let's talk about Wendy Williams on now. I said show to stop airing from June 2022. Reports say uh, it was recently revealed that popular talk show title, uh, titled "The Wendy Williams Show" is now coming to an end. Um, created and hosted by Wendy Williams, the Wendy Williams Show is a show is a prominent syndicated talk show that first aired in July. Two. This is according to RepublicWorld.com. Uh, has Williams took some time off the, during the 15th, 13th season of the show due to some health issues. The makers are now ending the show. The makers also revealed the name of the new show that will be returning with a new host. Here's all you need to know, okay? According to Love Beat Scott, it was revealed that the Wendy Williams show hosted by Wendy Williams was coming to an end in June of 2022. The sources close to the team told the outlet that the producers informed them about the show getting canceled at the end of June and further added that they immediately hired everyone in the team to work on their new Sherry show. The producers informed everyone that the Wendy show was being canceled at the end of June. Then in the next breath, they hired everyone to work on the Sherry show, okay? Um, 
It was revealed earlier that Sherry Shepard's deal has been confirmed and the makers will be replacing Wendy Williams' show with the Sherry Shepard show. Bad mistake. I just believe so. I could be wrong. I see where y'all trying to go with the trajectory of Sherry, okay? And y'all already got her out here on tour with Baby Face, trying to get her comedy chops up and all that stuff. And I think it's going to work for a minute. Has they all do, like Tamara Howell. I give Tamara Howell, I've given Tamara Howell three to five. Same thing with Carrie. What's the, what's the girl's name? The, the other girl, little girl, single girl. Um, Sherry Shepard, I give two. And I'm being generous. Facts. Okay. Um, And I just, here's the thing. I don't want to see nobody lose no jobs. You got to know how I am about I don't like to see people lose their jobs. Because it'd be hard. It's hard out here on these streets. However, you know, I don't, I, I feel as if you can't use Wendy's team for Sherry. I mean, I feel like you got to erase the whole show because Wendy was such a great, I said this last week, Wendy's such a great talk show host, and I didn't feel the chemistry with Wendy, talk, I mean, Sherry talking to him. I know they was laughing, he he I just didn't feel that chemistry like I do on set with Wendy when she's talking to you, even when it's awkward when she's talking to other people, like, yeah, what did you, what did you do last night? Like, when she, you know, she's being awkward, even when she's being awkward, there's a chemistry with all of them, you know? Sherry, Listen, we got Tamron Hall on the on the radio, right? I mean, on the air right now. We got, and she's trying to be more down home now. You got Carrie. What's the girl's name? I keep forgetting that girl, Kelly Correct and Carrie, Kelly Brienne or whatever the hell she's saying her name to. Yeah, Kelly. I mean, it's a lot. It's gonna be Sherry Shepherd is more of the same. My God. Sherry didn't have, had a hard time on the view, and I'm you know I'm not saying that she has another lesson, but I just can't see Sherry every day. Oh, I can't see her. Oh, it's like them girls on the reel. No offense, but I have a hard time with the reel. I can't hardly watch it. I can't. Now, what's that Garcia Bouvier? She's really good on there, but she looks like they mama. And no, wait a minute. And this ain't, I ain't trying to be mean. It, I'm not saying she look old. No, that's not what I'm saying. She looks classy. She looks wrong. You know what I'm saying? She's got this class look and everything. And she needs somebody on the panel her age a little bit to balance it out because it looks like she, even when Garcelle speaks and answers, it's, it's very seasoned and mature. Not old. I'm not saying she looks old. Garcelle looks great. I'm just saying that she, it's a youthful, it's a show with one of those youthful vibes. It's like Amanda Seals. She was too intelligent for him. I was like, God, Amanda can't even, Amanda needed somebody to balance her ass up. Oh, <laughs> she couldn't find it there. She couldn't find it. <laughs> and the same thing with Garcia. Garcelle, she's just, a, she seems so mature compared to those girls. Do you know who I think they should have got? 
for the real. Let me be honest. Instead of Garcelle, and I and I don't want nobody to lose their job because Garcelle, I like her. Don't get me wrong, I love her. I think she brings balance to them young girls and everything, and grace and everything. She knows how to smooth over conversation, but it's just that she's the only one there to do that, and it's a lot for her to to carry on her shoulders. You know what I'm saying? But you know who I think they should have got? I'm gonna tell y'all the truth. Now, it still would have been the same old bullshit. I wouldn't be watching. But to continue in that energy, Jalissa, Jalissa Bermuda, what's her name? Bermuda, Maxwell's old girlfriend. Wasn't she the one who used to go with Maxwell? Yeah, the Empire Group, Jalissa. Jalissa would have been great for the real in that because she's the same kind of thing. And I feel like she's gotten better over the years. I saw her on something with the Will Packard. Uh, Will Packard has some sort of showbiz show or something like that or whatever, and I felt like she was she had gotten she was much better. I feel like the real was she was fit in the real. Now, would they that keep them from the soon to be cancellation? I'm feeling probably not, but it would have maybe help prolong it. <laughs> it's the real. I can't hide by the spies. <laughs> listen, no, I re- listen. It's not that I hate them individually. I like the girls. I don't like the show. But I'm on, you know, like I like a little bit of, like, like the view, like a little bit of intelligent talk in my mix. You know, I like a little Amanda Seal. Like if I have a talk show, I already told y'all who my people would be. If I had a group, if I put a group of young girls together, I have a weird mix who I would use. I will use Amanda Seals. Oh, I'm about to really scare y'all. Candace Owens. <laughs> y'all like Carlotta, you started shit now. Yes, I am. Uh, who else would I use? Amanda Seals, Candace Owens. I would have a Tasha K at the head of the table being a moderator just for, just for talk shit sake, right? And who else? Because the, the, uh, I need a lighthearted one. Who else would I use? Amanda, Candace. God, I don't know. I don't know. Who would I pick? At my table, I'm trying to see. I used to have this down more so. Amanda, Candace. Amanda, Candace. Tasha, maybe. Paris, Milan. Amanda, Candace. Tasha. Paris, Milan. That's my fourth one. And you know who would be my fifth one? I might pick a Jalissa. You like her. Where'd she come from? Listen, because you need a light one in there. You need a lightweight. So, I mean, because you got to have somebody bring some airy to it. Yeah. And she got the, the Dominican Latino body. So I bring that. That's what I got. I throw all that together. Now, you know I'd be fighting on there all the time, but, it, but that's like the view. I feel viewish. <laughs> I like that. If I'm going to watch them, even though I hate the view now, but if I'm going to watch something, I watch the view. I like an intelligent conversation. <laughs> I'm not saying that they don't have intelligent conversations on the real. They do have great rela- topics about relationships and stuff like that. But I feel like when it comes to heavier topics, they lack a little. You know what I'm saying? They're kind of more fluff. I might replace Jalissa. I don't know. I'd have to think of it. She'd be a far distant fifth choice. 
But I like her for the real. I think she'd be great for the real. Remember, she used to come on with Steve on Steve Harvey with my girl. What's the Sean Shane Body Shane Body Shane Brody? How do you say Shane's name? Shane, the girl, sex girl, Jalissa, and somebody else. She's come on there all the time for dating advice. I mean, talking about relationships and stuff with Steve. They all seem to this. Oh wait a minute. Oh no 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 no. I wouldn't use Jalissa. Shoot, I knock her out. Shane. <gasps> That's what might be my fifth. Sorry, Jalissa. My fifth would be Shane. That's exactly my show. Paris Milan, Tasha Kay, Candace Owens, Amanda Seal, and Shane. Oh, that shit would be dope. <laughs> you got Tasha Kay for high topics. You got Amanda Seal and Candace for an intelligent doggy dog fight conversation and you got Shane for great sex talk and Paris Milan for that woman's lib black female empowerment vibe but she could be in between she could go either either way with Candace or, <laughs> or Amanda <laughs> I'm so messy that's my talk show and then I let Jalissa come in every now and then to replace if one of them's off, you know. <laughs> See, that's the kind of girls I like. That's what would be my real. And still on the real we got, I just don't like the real. I don't like who's on there. They they have good guests. I just don't like them, okay. And I really do feel that instead of Garcelle, they should have had somebody like a Jalissa, my personal opinion. You said Jalissa and Adrian on the same show. I know. The last time Jalissa, Jalissa and Adrian were on the same show was that reality show, that Empire Girl thing, and I hated them. I hated both of them. I hated them. I despised that show. It almost made me, you know, I had bad vibes about them for years from that show, and I feel bad because I thought they were nimwits. So I was like, <laughs> and it was wrong. It was wrong. I shouldn't watch a reality show to give me that, but I did. But now I like Adrienne a little bit more seeing her on the real. You know, I like her. Now, you know, it's, I feel like I, I feel like a little, and I feel like Jalissa's grown a little bit as a talk, as a talk show person. Too. I mean, you know, in the top, but back then they were just doing that reality, the Empire Girls, and they made them look so, I mean, the few episodes I watched, I was like, oh, God, I can't. And that was years ago. <laughs> I'm so terrible. <laughs> but I feel like now the talk show games have gotten a lot better, okay? And I really do really believe that Jalissa should be on there instead of like a Garcelle. Because Garcelle is just far more too far. She, she brings such a mature vibe to it. And they kind of are fluffy. So, you know, that's my, that's my opinion. But we're talking about Wendy Williams, right? Sherry. I said what I said about Sherry. I don't even feel like I need to go no further about this Sherry thing. The producers going to have to find out about Sherry. They do feel, okay? Sherry is not going to work. It's what it is. I mean, somebody going to like Sherry Shepard, though, okay? Somebody. But I just feel like Sherry Shepard in the long run will not work. Okay, let's talk about Tinder Swindler guy, Okay. 
If you haven't seen Tinder Swindler yet, please do yourself a, a service and watch this, okay? <laughs> it is amazing <laughs> that this man was able to do the shit he was able to do. I say he should get player of the year award. I mean, I, I've never seen nothing like this. <laughs> but now the tennis swindlers, Sh- Shimon Hayut, has his sight set on Hollywood career, okay? Uh, they're saying, uh, why was I calling him Simon last week? What is it? I thought his name was Simon, or was that just one of his aliases? I don't know. But they said uh, Shimon uh the fraudman uh, Foster, whose cons were focused on Netflix Tinder Swindler, reportedly has his sights set on making a career for himself in Hollywood. Sources close to uh, Shimon told TNZ that he is signed with a talent manager and wants to write a book, host a dating podcast. Now, that would be good as shit. Y'all need to listen to his dating podcast. He probably tell y'all it's gay. <laughs> Ed has already pitched an idea for a controversial new TV show. According to TMC, he discussed his plans with the agent, Gina Rodriguez, and wants to use his newfound fame from Netflix documentary in his favor. His idea for a potential TV dating show includes offering women competing for his love. Ain't this... (laughs) That's my boss. He's out of control. He slipped on because he had a Ponzi scheme. Allegedly, he had a Ponzi scheme of bitches' credit cards. (laughs) (laughs) And he was living off of it on private jets, going to islands. And now he wants women to compete for his love. This man only spent 15 months in jail and came out still bawling. <laughs> God, what is going on? What did, I, what did I do wrong with my life? I try to be honest out here. <clears throat> uh, Shimon allegedly courted numerous, uh, numerous women he met on Tinder, including Cecilia Feli uh, Holly, and it's like three women. Aileen and Pernilia, all of whom shared their experiences in the documentary. He would seek out women on the app pretending to be uh, be the heir to a billionaire-dollar diamond company, win them over with his lavish lifestyle, and manipulate them into loaning him money. <laughs> he, would have, he was eventually sentenced for 15 months in prison for fraud, theft, and forgery of documents, but was let out. No, wait a minute. He didn't even. Whoa. Hold up, he didn't even spend the whole 15 months. It says he was let out after five months due to good behavior. <laughs> what do you do to say? What is the hell? <laughs> Give him a damn shout. He fit right in the Hollywood. He fit right in. <laughs> What a mess. <laughs> He's getting ready to be a star. You see how this was? You see how this shit was? He didn't do he did nothing. He was he was allegedly 
robbing bitches, literally. He fake him out with his lights out, and then he go in for the kill. He's probably getting money from these hellers. And now he only got 15 months in jail, and now he didn't even serve the whole 15 months. He got on his five for good behavior, went back to his lifestyle. Don't know how he's living it, but went back to his lifestyle. And now he's trying to sell shit to Hollywood. Boy, if this ain't so, let me tell you something. This ain't some shit. He gonna he gonna be bigger bigger swindlers in Hollywood than his damn self. <laughs> but it says following the success of the documentary, Shimon promised his Instagram followers he would tell his side of the story before deleting his account. He then returned shortly, issuing a bizarre statement about victims that read, "If I was a fraud, would I act? Would I act on Netflix?" I mean, they should have arrested me when we were still shooting. It's high time the ladies start saying the truth. If you can't give them the world, they'll turn yours to hell. <laughs> oh, he's a player. He's for real out of these streets. Oh, my God. What a – he's going to make it in Hollywood, too. I'm telling y'all, he's going to make it. Okay. Are we ready to talk about Dusty Dickhead? I call him Dusty Nick because I used to, let me tell you something, I used to think Nick was a man. But over the last five years, Nick has just been Dusty. Dusty Nick. Dusty baby mama making Nick. This week, Nick decides he misses Mariah Carey. Was it Valentine's Day? Was it, did he miss Mariah? <laughs> and he had a sad little love song he put out. <laughs> According to People.com, Nick Cannon drops Ode to Ex-Wife Mariah Carey with new songs alone. Oh, On Valentine's Day, the 41-year-old mass singer host dropped a new song called Alone on his social media pages. The emotional ballad samples Love Takes Time. <laughs> you know, you Love Takes Time. A track from his ex-wife, uh, self-titled debut 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 album, released in 1990. According to a press release obtained by People, the song said to be an ode to the hit maker and describes Canyon's feelings about Mariah and their split. This is for anybody else who is alone on Valentine's Day. I had to come from, I had to come raw from the heart on this one. Hashtag brokenhearted, hashtag shattered, hashtag toxic, hashtag raw and be, hashtag alone, he tweeted. First off, I'm going to say I ain't got nothing but love for you. Candace seems in part, nothing but love. I'm going to stay away. I ain't trying to fuck it up for you. I keep my distance, stay in my lane, because I know you got a man. It's a little too late. Later in the lyrics, he alludes that the relationship ended for the for the best has uh, has heard in the full song on YouTube. Listen, I only heard parts of it, and you know it's sad. It's it's a sad it's a sad it's a sad player anthem. After you realize you done fucked up, you know, like you know, you can't be like, damn, I. How'd I get here with these eight babies? <laughs> How'd I get here? 
All I give you are all these random bras when I just really want my love. What does I do? That's Nick right now. As much as I want you back, it's probably better where you at because I'm still running the streets. I'm still in the, in all, all in the sheets. This is so rude. He's such a rude asshole. Isn't he? I'm still running the streets. I'm still out in the sheets. What a bomb. Having babies, models, and singers, and actors saying they're pregnant by me. Has to pay 10000 a week. That's it? For eight kids, it's only 10000 <laughs> I take care of my peeps. Now, you don't worry when I creep. You got a man next to you when you sleep. So Nick Cannon just made a song. About <laughs> oh, my God. And the next day they said Mariah put up a picture with her boyfriend. You know what? Has she shared? Nick Cannon. And I told y'all, I told, for all you other dusty girls who let him use your womb, okay, and produce children who are uh, out here in these streets thinking you were the one, now you see. I told you, he's still, it's either Mariah or it's going to be some other chick who doesn't allow him to do that. And we see that it's Mariah. He's still in love. And I'd be embarrassed if I was a baby mama hearing that. You know, I'd be like, ain't this some shit? I mean, I'd be embarrassed. He's writing a whole fucking song. And then he's kind of dissing you in the song, talking about all these babies, all these Instagram models and people saying they pregnant by me. <laughs> like you did it by yourself. Oh, he's, I ain't finished with Nicky. Nicky said so many dusty things this week. I don't know if Nick thinks, and the talk show is getting better, by the way, but he's still saying a lot of dusty things. What else he say this week? He said something else real dusty. Let me look it up. I mean, she's just been dusty all week. He said uh, he wears claims. Let's see. Is that the one where he claims he wears two condoms during sex? I mean, he's just out of control. I don't know what women. I don't know what women out here dealing with Nick Cannon. I don't know what y'all. Who who y'all? Who are y'all out here? Y'all, y'all should not be dealing with. Let's read this. Nick Cannon claims he wears two condoms with new women. Now, Bossup. This is according to Bossup dot com, and Bossup's uh, titles are hilarious. It says "Thought After Sperm Sprayer." <laughs> Nick Cannon claims he'll wear two condoms during sex with new women. They want to become my baby mama, too. You're an idiot if you want to become his baby mama. You're an idiot, okay? Uh, It says, father of eight, Nick Cannon is making even more headlines over the sound bites from his podcast interview with Dr. Laura Berman. And this time he's trending for talking about his highly sought-after son. On this daytime talk, Nick Cannon show, the television host released a second clip from the Language of Love podcast where he shared with Dr. Laura that he not only feels guilty spending time with new women, but he's cautious because they want to have his baby too. What the fuck? Are you some lunatics? And what are you messing with, Nick? It just says that he's a lunatic too. They all lunatics. Um, he's like, Dr. Lance, can you just have sex with someone who isn't one of your baby mamas or I pick one? Nick Cannon, they want to become my baby mama, too. That's the problem, Dr. Laura. But what about the 
about birth control. Can you just say no? Yes. Okay, absolutely. And I will walk you through the process. Uh, he says, when it comes to hygiene and all, I am the biggest germ freak in the world. How many different baby mamas he had talking about he a germ freak? Like, if I don't know you and I feel like, okay, the end really, uh, okay, the end really, probably this is the part of the problem because I'm such a germaphobe. Okay, you're such a germaphobe, but you run around digging down random bitches. And I'll go to the extent of like, yo, let's go to the doctor. This is fucking Hey, baby, let's go to the doctor. Oh, my God. I get my blood taken, you know, every three weeks. Oh, my Lord. Because of my, well, because he has lupus, because of my condition. I want to know all the panels. I want to know what bacteria. I need to know everything because that's how much of a germ freak I am. Um, Not really. Uh, He says, one thing that keeps me up at night, there's this heavy, heavy, guilty fact that I didn't get spend time like I really wanted to the Zen said Nick that I have other children even in a even in a similar age that I was like okay I'm guilty that I'm not there every day I'm guilty that the mothers of my children yearn for more and can only get so much now what did I say on this show what did I tell you women I said this motherfucker wasn't gonna be around because he's in show business this he's gonna and to have babies everywhere Women everywhere, he was not going to give the time. And children don't ain't just about a damn paycheck. Children require time and effort. He got so many kids spread around. You see, he even saying it right now. I feel guilty because I didn't spend time with the baby he lost. Because why? Because first of all, he's out there probably making more damn babies. Secondly. Because he does, he's in show business. He doesn't have the time. And talking about the baby mamas won't know more. No, bitches. You knew when you got involved with this man, when he's having babies everywhere. You knew. You knew he was, he's not in the home. He's not married to you. He, even if he was married to you, he's, he still, he's, a, he's in show business. Let alone when he got six or seven of y'all spread out. And then he keep adding more to the pot. Y'all crazy. Any girl who wants to get pregnant by that, you crazy. First of all, and the pot ain't that big to, for me to want to get pregnant by his ass. His pot ain't that big. He act like he Jordan now. He working with Jordan money. He ain't even got, he, his pot ain't even that big. Shit. I be counting the kids. I be like, no, you ain't got that much to add. You can't add me if you're looking for a check. And, and listen, it is not worth it to bring a child in the world just for a check. So sticky, you dumb, dumb. I just, oh, Nick Cannon, listen, he said so many bad things this week. But that's one of the things, at least he was truthful. And the lies about I double up and wear two condoms. And we know, Nick, come on now. Nick Cannon is, I'll just say this, stay away from Nick, Dusty Nick, ladies. If you ladies out here getting pregnant by Dusty Nick, I mean, it is what it is. You, you probably going to Expect hard uh, times on the way.
And they saying uh, he they saying he now saying he's not in, uh, he's not looking to have have any have more kids after announcing the eight child. Oh really? This is this. He's saying I don't have the bandwidth. Ladies, Mariah, I know you glad. Listen, Mariah, Mariah, don't pay no attention to alone. Don't pay no attention to alone. He probably recorded that song with bitches in the studio. <laughs> trifling, 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 trifling. Oh my God, so trifling. I don't know what to say. The worst. Okay. All right, so let's talk about uh, what else do we want to get into? Uh, we want to get into here. Is it Nick Cannon? Y'all know. Let's see. Okay, we got to talk about when I get back. We're going to talk about Mary J. Blige. Okay. Wait a minute. Did I do all the thing with Nick? Oh, we got to talk about Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Mary J. Blige having to, uh, no, this, we might as well get to Mary right now. About Mary having not being able to pay her her rent because of Kendu. And see, I'm about to go off about more women. Because, see, more women have to be careful. This is what I keep saying, making men your managers. Your husband's your manager. I mean, Mary J got done in, okay, allegedly. We ain't heard Ken Do's side of the story. But Ken Do don't have to give me his side of the story because he was running the business. And Ken Do, I just feel like a man shouldn't be taking alimony if he was the manager of her. And the, when she comes out of that marriage, she doesn't have hardly any money. And you caught yourself being her fucking manager. And the business is fucked up. I mean, you shouldn't be, that's thing you should be doing is for alimony. But this is uh, according to Yahoo News. It says, I couldn't pay my rent. Mary J. Blige reveals she had to go on tour to pay alimony following divorce. This weekend is bursting, uh, this weekend is bursting at the scene for singer Mary J. Blige. In addition to her performance at the Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles alongside Dr. Dre and Eminem, Snoop Dogg and Kendrick Lamar, the Yonkers native dropped her 15th studio album, Good Morning Gorgeous. After performing the lead single on this, from this project, Rent Money, a vibey jam with Harlem rapper Dave East on an iHeartRadio special, special with host Angie Martinez, she talked about the song's inspiration. She stated that the song was born out of her painful and very public divorce from, uh, from Martin Kendu Isaacs. The queen of hip-hop soul said, rent money is about when I first got divorced. I had to give up all this alimony, and I didn't have no more money to give because he had spent it all, she explained. Ooh, ooh. So I had to go, you know, I had to go on tour and make all the money back to pay the alimony. The multi-Oscar nominee uh, says that her finances were so stretched that she didn't have the resources to pay for housing. Now, see, this is where I'm going to get on other motherfuckers in just a second. Hold on. 
I didn't have no money to pay for my rent and all this other stuff, she continued. But it's also a metaphor, like I didn't have my soul. I was just drained of everything. So it was time for somebody to pay. Sometimes you just feel like somebody got to pay. In 2017, Blige was ordered to pay $30,000 a month in alimony to her ex-husband, originally to her ex-husband. Originally, his lawyers requested quadruple the amount to help his, him sustain his lifestyle. I just claim that he has experienced physical manifestations of stress and emotional distress from this matter, which has caused him to become hospitalized. The singer's former manager further claimed that he had become unemployable. You should, motherfucker, be unemployable. The way you left her business in shambles, why would anybody want to hire you if she's left in shambles? You were her manager. She's left where she couldn't hardly even pay you alimony. It looked like you fucked her business up. And she was, you know, and this is first of all, that Mary J had a whole bunch to begin with because Mary J should have more. I feel like Mary J has been cheated over a number of years by many people. I mean, I feel like Mary J should be like Beyonce now, way have way more, because that's how big Mary J is in in her music and stuff. I just don't understand it why she's out here struggling to give you thirty fucking thousand dollars a month when you was the manager. See, at first I was for Kendu, getting because Mary said herself Kendu helped her a lot until I heard he fucked up the money. When he fucked up the money, I'm like, you left her at a deficit, and you claim to be her manager. He said he'd become unemployable, and without her financial support, he would be destitute, and paying rent has become impossible. Ain't that something? And I was very angry then. I made that song. I was very angry, and I was like, rent money, period, she concluded. She was, uh, wasn't the only person angry. Around the same time, Mary, Mary was ordered to pay out of money to Isaac. So was her R&B soul singing sister, Tony Braxton, a celebrity wife who was in the same shoes, designer styles. There wasn't man enough uh, from these singers said, yes, I had to pay out of money. I was one of those girls. She stated, it's me. Listen. I'm going to just say this to you women. And listen, you cannot, let me say, when you marry these men, and it's a warning to other women because there's some other few other women out here who's married to men and calling them their managers and shit like that. I'm telling you, anytime you got to give a motherfucker a job, when you marry them, it's going to be a fucking problem. I'm telling you, it's constant. I've named all the women before that it's been a problem for. Aretha Franklin, Melba Moore. Uh, who else? Janet motherfucking Jackson. She was out here dealing with Renee. Renee was like her motherfucking manager, okay? Uh, I mean, I can go down the list of women. What's the, uh, Nina Simone. I mean, the list of women who who married motherfuckers didn't have a pot nor a pen or a window to piss out of, and then they felt guilty because they made all this money. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to give him a job. And then he, I better give him to make him feel like a man, and they put him in charge of his their career, and he takes them down. And then I, it's constant. Mary J couldn't pay rent. 
she had to go on tour. Can't do shame on you because you can find a job. Shame on you. You didn't run her business right. Then you allegedly was out here fucking with her artists and spending money on her artists allegedly in these streets. And then you had nerve enough to ask for alimony? How trifling. I wouldn't be as angry as he, if he didn't fuck up. Because, you know, I'm usually, if a man was there and the, you guys had a successful, hugely successful situation going on, and, you know, he did his part as a manager for you, and you made even more money, and there's more money there from, from you for, for afterwards, and, you know, it's like $30,000 ain't nothing to you or something. Okay, get it. But this is somebody who claimed to be over her business affairs. And did not manage them right. And she's out here having to struggle to pay him alimony. It was sad listening to her interview this week. Now, I can't wait for her. Uh, her she said she's going to have a memoir job soon. I can't wait for her memoir because Mary J is the type of artist. Mary J, she ain't going to probably tell you everything, but she's going to tell you just enough. She ain't going to be ganging up in these streets. She's going to tell you enough, right? Even though I don't believe it was all Kendu's fault, let me let me just say what I mean here. I don't believe that everything was Kendu Isaac's fault. I believe that Mary, uh, you know, uh, that there was she made a number of mistakes early on. Okay, marrying somebody when you have to give them a job is a problem. Okay, and she like she said, I heard her say on one of these shows. I think she was talking about that she. She said something very interesting. She said that she um, she said that she just wanted somebody to kind of help her, to take care of her, and she kind of just left him to do everything. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. And and it's and I, I get why Mary did that because Mary, in some senses, didn't. You know, I don't know how stable her father figure was. And so a lot of times, women like Mary J. Blige are looking for father figures. You know what I'm saying? And so Kendu may have been sort of like a father figure for her to, you know, that, you know, hey, this is what you need to do. This is it. And it, 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 it takes a load off of you as a woman, you know, and you leave him to all of your business when you need to be the one. That's your money. You don't work real hard for it. You don't need to let somebody just come in and start managing your stuff. And that's how the, she ended up in the shit storm that she ended up in. Because she just let go. I mean, you know, there's usually in a couple relation in relationships with couples. There's usually a person that handles the finances and stuff like that. But always be aware. And when you're in a big marriage like that, though, when you marry Jay fucking Blige, you just don't let. I just feel like your husband should not be present in the business in that way. Maybe you two make decisions together. But him being your business manager or manager and stuff, I just feel that can get extremely messy. And I'm not surprised that it got messy for Mary J. Not surprised at all. Okay? She couldn't pay her rent. So sad. And that's Mary J. Blige. She's just, such, you know, I feel like she's such one of those artists that just constantly have hard times, just constantly, okay, constantly. All right, so uh, on to uh, 
this other thing, Cam Newton, okay? Uh, this week, Cam Newton said something very interesting. He talked about his, uh, I guess, his past relationship with his uh, baby mama of four. This is, I feel like I want to, to, this is the lesson I want to leave you girls with tonight, okay? He explains why he didn't marry the mother of his four children. Cam Ming said, shares why, this is according to Essence.com, shares why he didn't marry mother of four of his kids. Did she deserve better? I would say humbly, I would humbly say yes. Okay. Uh, while the parents, let's see, here we go. It says, if you ever wonder what happened between NFL star Cam Newton and Kia Proctor, the mother of four of of his children, he decided to open up about it during a recent interview between himself and fitness model Instagram influencer Brittany Rayner. Brittany out here, she done made that money. <laughs> Both parties came together for his Funky Friday. YouTube YouTube series to set the record straight about the sales during their chat. When Reiner posed a question to him about why he didn't marry Proctor, he didn't shy away from answering. That's a great question. The thing is that the person that I was while we were having children, that, that's a great question. The thing is that the person that I was while we were having children together, I couldn't be the best husband, he said. I wasn't prepared to be a husband then. The couple started dating in 2013, but she was prepared to have a bunch of babies. The couple started dating in 2013 before reportedly breaking up in early 2020. And Newton says she did make it clear that she wanted to be married. As he put it, the hourglass was shrinking for Proctor, but he seen successful marriages and wasn't ready to admit in that way. We were both young. There was nothing and still nothing I would never do for her. But at the same time, the person that she was when I met her uh, wasn't the person that she was even when I left her, he said. When I met Kia, and I say this for protecting her, she wasn't the one to be like, I want to be married. I was more so the person. My parents have been together for 36 years. I know what marriage looks like, the ups, the downs, the traits, the tribulations. I think Kia really evolving into a woman where her standards were, I ain't just no baby mama, he said. And then she kept putting pressure on me, and I was like, I don't know if this is what I really want. In addition to that, he admitted that while in the prime of his NFL career, he couldn't resist the other women who would approach him. I was in Temptation Island, a football player young. No is not even my, in my vocabulary, he said. I just found myself in this downward spiral. Did she deserve better? I would humbly say, yes, she did. He added, to me, it's not even an apology that's needed. We just grew apart. The two are on good terms these days as co-parents to their kids, with Newton uh, lauding her for how great she is with them. He is hopeful that she meets someone special and that they will understand the athlete's place not only in their kids' lives, but also the place he he should still have in practice and vice versa. That the person that comes into her life and says, I will accept you for everything, your kids and all, that day is going to come. I would just hope uh, that they will respect that I'm hands-on dead. So you're going to have to see me at some point, he said. I still hold some type of weight for her to be able to discern. <clears throat> I believe just like she has the right to discern the day when I say I'm taking somebody serious, I want them to meet our children. She still has the right to say, uh, uh-oh, 
I don't want her around our kids. I would respect that. Kia Proctor, and I think I've talked about Kia on here before. And Kia's beautiful. Can I just say that? But Kia, is it good? Does she have good pussy pussy management skills? Would I say that? <clears throat> Because Kia could go, could have went on to other motherfuckers. She could have got other men out of football world or basketball world or entertainment world or any other or business world or something who would marry. And she still might get that. You know, it's harder when you got four little kids. This motherfucker done built a family with you and didn't want to get fucking married. He didn't want to even want to fucking. So I would say the pussy management skills were kind of off. Let me just say something to you girls, okay? It don't take four babies for somebody to find out if they want to be with you or not. After the first baby, you accidentally, if you accidentally have the first baby, and this, he don't look like he's nowhere near marriage, stop. Stop. Put a condom on. Stop letting him come inside. Are you, what, is the, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? You ruin your chance. Look, he's going to be able to get plenty of girls because he's a football player, four kids. Even with four ass. Look at Nick Cannon's punk ass. Nick Cannon's dusty ass, eight babies, eight kids with about four different, four or five different baby mamas running around here. And he still got women wanting to be his baby mama. Men, not so much. A lot of men don't want to deal with women with four kids. I'm not saying they won't do, she won't find nobody. I'm saying it's going to be hard. So why let this, you see what he's saying? I wish her luck. He know, this, 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 this nigga know that he's made it very hard for her. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I did. When I met her, she wasn't wanting no marriage. But you, you, she, you, you still mismanaged your dick. She mismanaged her coochie, and y'all had children. Y'all brought kids into the world, but wasn't ready for no commitment, no solid commit. But yet, oh, I just couldn't resist the coochie cat being thrown at me. Did you figure that out after baby number two? You know why she kept having them kids? Because she thought it was gonna pay off. She thought it was. And is she still, listen, I'll say this. She probably thinks it's, it's paid off. She still get them big checks. But he, is he hardly playing football right now? He ain't hardly been playing that much. I don't know. Did he, is, did he sign him with a team yet? I don't know because his football career has kind of been shaped. Okay? So the checks probably ain't going to be as big as they were. But it ain't even about the checks. I told you it's about spending time because she got them four kids on her own. And she could have been out here and saying, you know what, listen, if you ain't, like, you young, you 20-something years old, listen, lady, if you meet the baller, you got the baller, I know these dummies out here tell you, make sure you get that baby, get that baby, get that money. No, protect your womb. 
oh, so you're not really ready for no fan. Nah, you know, it ain't really like that. Well, don't be letting him a nut up inside you. I'm just, this is a frank conversation. It's a grown-ass conversation. Don't let no man fuck your po- your your possibilities out up, out here up. Because he ain't ready to sell that. After four babies, Cam Newton is like, well, you know, I just, she was a different person when I met her. And as we went on, you know, I was more the person that wanted to get married. But as we went on and stuff, see, he started seeing the responsibility of having them kids. And he left her ass there with them four babies. Yes, he's there. He sees the active daddy, but she's still doing the majority of the work because that motherfucker ain't in the house. And now she's going to have what the hardest time. Her, her pickings have significantly went down because she was taking a chance with her coochie cat, hoping this dude would eventually turn around and marry her. And who knows, maybe he still will, but it don't sound like it. He was sounding there like, oh, one day when I find my person, he wouldn't even sound like she was. <laughs> He's, he already talking about her next man. When she find her man, y'all see how this works, ladies? Do we understand? Do you understand how bad this can go? Seriously. And I saw you guys, hold on, let me just say this tonight, okay? I saw you guys on the phone line wanting to get in. Tonight I'm not taking callers. I'm just recording for the show. So no callers tonight. I'm sorry, guys. I know you guys don't want to get in. I'm sorry. When I do it during the day, I'm just doing the recording for the show, okay? So if you talk to stay willing to stay, you're welcome to stay on the phone lines, okay? And listen in. Okay. Listen. What I am saying is that she made a mistake. No, the kids ain't a mistake. The kids are a beautiful thing. But she mismanaged them with a dude who was not willing to commit. Ladies, Listen, having a baby and the lack of commitment, you ready to be committed to 18 years of a child, which is hard damn work, and not be committed in a marriage? Now, I know accidents do happen, but four times? Now, Kia was, and I had a conversation about Kia a few years ago when she tried to sue him or she was upset with him because he, he uh, because something he did, I wish I could figure what show that was. But she, she was suing him or something. He had a baby by an Instagram model or something. He had another baby and something else had happened and she was trying to sue him. for. And I was like, take that L. You had too many kids with this man and he's not willing to marry you. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. Protect your womb. And especially if you're a woman, listen, if you're a woman that looks like Kia, Kia is beautiful. I hope you, if you've ever seen her, Kia Proctor before, you can, managing the coochie is everything. Especially when you're running around with Cam Newton. You're running around with Cam Newton back when he was at the height of his career, when he was at the height of his career, had she not had him, but she was, she was gambling on the fact that he was going to marry her. She was hoping that by having all them babies, he was going to do a fucking LeBron James with Savannah luck the fuck out. Said what I said. I 
said, Savannah loved the fucking. Savannah had two before. She lucked out. But she was hoping, she was hoping she'd get to Savannah school. It didn't happen. But she was up there at the height of his career. Let me tell you something. So you up there and you seeing other people, you seeing other high. See, that put you in the mix. So right then and there, you should have been like, mm-mm, it's just one baby coming out of this coochie right now. Because it's a lot of options. He done introduced me to a whole bunch of other options. So he can get cute if he wants to. <laughs> you know? That's what kid could have did. He can get cute if he wants to. It's a whole lot of other options. But because she started having these babies, a lot of them, you wasn't no option no more. The man was like, oh, he got about two, three kids with her. Oh, damn. Yeah, stop. You know, dudes didn't want to be bothered with her no more. And she was hoping that Cam was going to wipe her up. And he didn't do that. He left her out here ass out. I'm not saying she can't find another man. I'm just saying it's going to be harder. And I'm saying that she didn't think straight. You up there, and I, when he said, hey, I ain't ready to commit right yet, you like, hey, well, okay, ain't going to be no more babies coming out of this group yet. This monster's up in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to be a smart chick. Move on. When he don't want to do, when he don't want to wife it, she could have moved on. And I'm I'm sure it, it would have been a, she would have had a bevy of men because she had already entered that world where these, they're upscale men in that world. She's a beautiful girl. She had, she would have had her pick of the litter. If she had just even had one. But four, it's going to be harder. They like that's Cam girl, that's Cam family. Don't none of them high 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 end males want to do that. If she, you might, she might look out and find one, but I doubt. I told my little cousin, she came to visit me this time. I was in Kansas, she came to visit home this Kansas. I said, let me tell you the best thing you can learn. It's coochie management skills. She laughed. Gage. Who you dealing with? Your options can be fire. You have several options. You ain't got to put up with no bullshit. Don't undervalue your coochie cat. Don't undervalue your womb, ladies. Young girls, come in close. This is... I'm going to leave the show. I'm not going to even do, I don't think I'm going to do any more stories tonight. I'm going to save it for maybe next week or part two or something. But this is your it's a word tonight. If you're a young girl and you listen to me, if you're an older woman, but especially older women is a little bit different because sometimes they be rushing to have children for a lot of other stuff going on. Older women is a whole other conversation we have to have. But for young girls, I can't tell you. How important, don't pay attention to these chicks out here who are just having babies for checks, trying to get alimony. That is not the way to go. You see what happened to Cam Newton's, Cam Newton's chick. He could be committed to having children, which he really, that tells you he's not really committed to having children. But he's committed, if he wasn't committed to the mama, it's hard when you're not committed to the mama to raise kids. It's just a hard. I know accidents hard happen, but it's harder when people are apart. 
And to have four children is even worse, okay? So let me tell you this. When you are a beautiful girl, And you up, you, you you're dealing in different a different class of people and stuff like that. And maybe you're dating somebody who's uh, you know of a different. Be try not to have any children. They don't want to marry you. Now, listen what I'm saying, especially if you're dealing with high end males, okay. High value, or what people call high value meals. I don't know what that means, but what, I guess men who are upscale, like you're dealing with the celebrities, or you're dealing with football players, or you're dealing with lawyers, doctors, engineers, you know, all this. Try not to have a baby for a check outside of marriage, okay? Control your coochie. Management skills say, you know what, you already up in the, if you already dealing with them type of men, trust me, other men are paying attention to you. And so you don't want to give this man control over you. You don't want to give him control over you like he's your husband when he ain't did no husband shit. He ain't invested in you. He ain't put no money, no ring on it. Like Beyonce say, if he liked it, he should have put a ring on it. Don't be mad when you see that he won't it. Remember that song? Beyonce tell Beyonce can be a philosopher sometimes. I said Beyonce can be a great philosopher. If you like it then you should have put a ring on it. Don't be mad when you see that he won't it. That's what she's saying in that song. Hey, don't be mad when you see another person run. If you like it then you should have put a ring on it. If you ain't put a ring on it My damn options is fucking open. And quiet as it's kept, lady. Sometimes you got to even let these men you married to know. <laughs> you just got to let them, you got to put the freak, but you got to let the people know every now. Jada let them know all the time. Jada let always let them know her options. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, what I'm saying is that you can't, you see, you, you, you are, if you are more in control of your body, your situations, and everything when you do not allow a man to have sex with you and give you a child, when you, when you are burdened with a child, not being married is hard for you, and it's hard to go outside of that man and start dating other people. So try not to let somebody tie you up like a wife when he ain't willing to make you his wife. Having babies is wife shit. Now, I can see if you accidentally something happened, that if that happens. People get caught up that, and, and you just make the best of your situation. There are great co-parents or people who, who had children and didn't really, you know, it, it's not an ideal situation, but they make the best of it. But try not to make situations like that. Don't let a motherfucker give you, give, uh, try to have, be, uh, don't let a motherfucker talk you into white duties. And he don't want to be no husband. Then you use your wound to bring him seeds and stuff, and he's put not a fucking investment in you. I ain't talking about a check. I'm talking about time, his last name, his estate. Look at me. I'm a Scarpio OPM. <laughs> I hate that. Look that shit up. Don't. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, do not. Do not give him access to your womb 
unless he's willing to put the ring on it. Because if you give him access to your wound too quick, you're going to end up in Kia situation. You might end up good. He might marry you, but it's a crash. Look at Kia. She crap shoots four times. And look, he on here talking about, well, when I meet my wife and she meet her husband, she know that's going to be probably, she going to be probably trapped with them kids for the next 15 years. She'll probably get a man, and she might get some man out here. But her value, her getting a, a man on Cam Newton's stature is probably highly unlikely. Why? Because she gambled all, she gambled wife shit on somebody who wasn't willing to wipe her up. Having babies, especially if you're young and you have, uh, and listen, listen, ladies, I know these people, you think it's a game when you say, oh, he's such and such is in the club tonight. Oh, he's sexy. Uh, oh, if I can get a baby by Drake, or I can give me a baby by uh, a Denzel, I can give me a baby by Maxwell, somebody. Like that. You think that's a check. You're like, oh, the check, the money is good. No. Kids are a lifetime, and they and, and they bigger than a check. Look at Nick Cannon talking about his mama's, his baby mama's wanting more time, but they can't get it because they understand now it ain't even it ain't even about the fucking money. It's about we gotta raise these babies alone. Why this motherfuckers out here on TV and hosting shows and getting the next baby mama knocked up? They all did white shit when they shouldn't have. He wasn't investing. He wasn't willing to invest in them. If a man is not willing to invest in you, his commitment, then don't you give him no damn children, okay? No, to keep your options open because there's a lot better options out there. And let me tell you something, ladies. Let me tell you the truth. Because I've met girls like this before. The chicks who have their options open, the chicks who don't do that, who got good pussy management skills and say, nah, he ain't getting me pregnant. I know better than that. Chicks who know, chicks who are like that, they always got their pick of the letter of high value men, too. It'd be everybody coming after them. Everybody. Chicks like that, they be on, they be, they be, don't under, ever under, stop undervaluing your coochie, and your wounds. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it for a check or a monthly check from these dudes who are uncommitted. I don't care if it's $15,000 a month. Oh, I'm getting $40,000 a month for my kid. It's not worth it for somebody who's not going to be there. And it's possibly putting you in a place where you could have got somebody even better than him or somebody who's going to have seven other kids, and pretty soon that money will be split. You get what I'm saying? Like I, I, I believe in looking at the whole thing. When you, you, when you sit in a marriage and all that, you want a baby. That's a, that's a. What Beyonce put with Jay Z? See Beyonce. Beyonce about that like that. Sometimes I like Beyonce. Can I check out the Ramada Ian right now? I'm about to talk about Beyonce to get. I'm gonna say some good things about Beyonce. Allegedly, this is the story out in the streets. I don't know if it's true. I'm just saying allegedly. Okay. When Beyonce, they see it signs up to get married. Beyonce and her prenup was like two million or a million a kid. Beyonce, like, Jay Z, it's going to cost you for me to bear some kids because I got a job. 
<laughs> Not only is you gonna have to marry me, give me give me some this access to this estate, but if every if we divorce out in these streets, these it's gonna cost you per kid that I have. I'm paying I'm charging for my womb. I'm renting my womb out. Allegedly, people said that in her in her wedding, her pre in her prenup thing or her her they nuptials agreement, she was saying two million a kid. Okay, that was back then, back in the day when she got married years ago. Was it like 11, 12 years ago? Smart ass girl. Two million was a lot more back then. Okay, but she's like, this is my fucking time. Okay, come up in here being dusty. Jay-Z, you get no access to this moon before you put this ring on me. You better put this ring on me. That's the only way you're going to get this access to this coochie cat because I got my options fully open out here, baby. So it's going to cost you. Even when you're married to me, it's costing you. It's costing you. Because even if I divorce you or something, I got to divorce your playing ass or something, I, I know I, I understand that you have fully that you have fully vested in this family, even if we don't work out. You're fully vested. You've paid for my time, my energy. That's how you do it. Don't give nobody access to your coochie with nothing to give back. Boom, get birthing him children. And he ain't got it. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't willing to give you no commitment. I don't know. You know, I ain't, you know, I'm ready for the baby one. I don't know. I want, I want to marry your ass. Stop doing that. It's dumb. And it puts you in a bad place. Your options are further open to a lot of great males if you just allow the one who wants to commit to you, the one who wants to put the ring on it, the one who wants to uh, uh, invest in you in a way a man should, who to, uh, a woman who's going to birth his children. Now, I understand, listen, I'm not talking to divorce people and stuff like that. You tried it, it didn't work. I'm talking about people out here having condomless sex. And, man, this is partly your fault, too. You don't run around just having a bunch of, like, a cockroach. Put a condom on it. If you don't want to have no baby, ask yourself, every time you get ready to have sex with a random, put a condom, double up or whatever the fuck you got to do. You got to be saying, do I want a kid by these fools? That's what you have to see. Even if you don't know, ooh, I want a kid by her, you got to think about all that because this this will be the mother of your genetic seed out in the world. She will be a part of your representation and legacy. So think before you go out nutting up in somebody you don't want to be committed to. There's some dumb motherfuckers out here. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Bullshit. I had to come on here and tell girls and men, it's I'm ending the show early tonight. <laughs> I wanted to leave it on that. That's how it's the word. It's such a set. It's, when you listen to the article, it's just like, damn. She gambled on them folks. He was hopefully, maybe he'll wife her up later on. But his spot, I just think about it. His stock has gone down a little bit. He might have a comeback. He could. I mean, but what's that? If he has a comeback, he's probably going to have more different choices than her. Think of all the options that she had available to her when she didn't have all them kids. 
and she was running around with him because she was up in high circles, so she was seeing all kind of men. Because unless you know, can't you know? I'm saying she was seeing all kind of you know choices. So if he was acting a fool, she could have been easily. So there was a lot of men in that in, in that industry. She was being exposed to, and she's a good looking chick. She could have had her pick of the litter. She could say, "You already took me where I need to go." <laughs> so I don't have to waste my time here. If you don't want to invest, it's probably five men gawking at her at that point. At that point, you know what I'm saying? Just girls think. Just be smart about it. Oh man, I have had such a wonderful time ranting and talking to y'all like I always do. For those of you who were listening in on the show, I'm sorry I couldn't get y'all phone calls in this week. It was just supposed to be recording tonight, but I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, uh, wonderful week this week, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. And I will see you all. I'm going to try to have a show. I will try to have a show. I will try to have a show maybe within the uh, next week. I'm going to try my best to. But we'll see because I got so much coming up with classes and stuff. So, again, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll get together. But that's all. It's the word for the day. Hopefully, if you need some young ladies who's listening to it, hey, I'm crass, but I be trying to tell y'all. I have to tell, talk to y'all straight up because a lot of times y'all don't understand nothing different. You know, protect yourself at all costs so you won't be a tragic tale. You know what I'm saying? Babies are always beautiful, but you don't want to be a, a, a tale of where you where you where you're out there and your options are limited, and uh, because you you bet it on the wrong person. Okay. All right. So tonight we're gonna leave out with my fave Maxwell. It is the CC Show. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful night. I will see y'all. Listen, let me tell y'all this because I'm not coming back uh, uh, <laughs> uh, like I normally do in overdrive. So I'm going to say this tonight. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're listening to the Archive Show, please make sure you check out the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. Make sure you check out my Instagram. It's Carly's underscore Galaxy. Also, you can check out me on Twitter, uh, C Chatwood Show, Carlotta72. And remember, uh, Carlotta's Facebook page, okay? Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. We're leaving with Ascension. Y'all have a good one. See y'all.